coming to you from the Flexbox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined once again by my esteemed co-hosts, handsome Jamil Hussan and WizKid Jeremiah Johnson. How's it going, guys? The band's back together. How's it going, boys? It's excellent. Welcome to the third season of The Weekly Show. It's been a, an absolute blast. I'm glad to have you guys back, as always, for this. Uh, it's a, a real highlight of the fantasy season for me. It's the only reason people are in this league. Oh, absolutely. Also, uh, must anticipated uh, content on the content page, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> so uh, how were your guys' off-seasons? Did you uh, get up to anything interesting this winter? Uh, not really. Stayed in the cold, pretty much. Didn't. Would love to have vacation, but not really. Yeah, just too much fantasy baseball analysis. Uh, oh, it's like they say, it's uh, you stare out the window and wait for summer, but it's uh, back again. We've got the draft behind us now, so we figured we would put together uh, a little bit of a draft recap special for you, our listening audience. Uh, before we get into it, uh, we'll go team by team, sort of uh, talk about who everybody picked and how we're feeling about that. But how did you feel about the the sort of talent or the the draft pool this year? Did you feel like there were uh, a lot of good names out there to be drafted? Uh, it, it kind of just felt like similar to past couple of years, in my opinion. Obviously, like everyone's kind of left the bullpen empty and everybody, you know, kind of went for all that early on. So I don't know how you, how you guys feel. Well, I mean, I feel like there was a. I think there was more talent available for some reason than normal because I think people just didn't keep as much. Like many teams didn't keep a lot of people, and so yeah, it felt true. like there was more talent. But that talent was never going to reach the rounds where most of us were picking anyway. So it was just a reshuffling of, I don't know, chairs on the Titanic, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, as someone who was drafting near the top this year, I did feel like there were some good options available. I know last year was a weird draft with uh, Stads not keeping anyone and, and redrafting from the, the top down. So that was a, a weird year. But overall, I feel like this was a decent year for uh, for Major League Talent availability. Not the best, but uh, not the worst either. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. I mean, we're going to go through this, but I think some teams did much better than others in the early rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then let's just jump right into it. Uh, so we'll go team by team for this uh, draft recap. And uh, I think it's only fair to go in the order of when your first draft pick was to give sort of some sense of that. Uh, and uh, humbly, I must say that puts me up first. Uh, I kept uh, only a core group of eight players this year. So I got some extra picks early on. Uh, so I'm just going to go through the the full list of who I got Uh Starting off with uh, the first overall pick in the draft, Yusei Kikuchi uh, from the Mariners, and then Eric Hosmer, Wade Davis, Jacob Junis, Nathan Iovaldi, Marwin Gonzalez, Matthew Boyd, Carl Edwards Jr., Shane Green, Jackie Bradley Jr., Hunter Strickland, Fernando Rodney, Michael Lorenzen, CeCe Sabathia, Bud North, Noe Ramirez, and finally Austin Hedges to be my catcher. Uh, personally, uh, before you guys critique it, I, I say I was feeling very good about this, especially how I did in sort of the uh, the pre-round 16 rounds. Uh, I managed to get uh, a lot of good guys. I was fortunate in that uh, some other teams did not draft who I was expecting them to draft. There was uh, still a lot of talent, even in rounds sort of 12, 13, 14, that I didn't think was going to be there. And so for that reason, I'm very happy. I've managed to, to completely overhaul my rotation, get a lot of new talent on board. So uh, I'm happy, but what do you guys think? Well, definitely that. I was expecting um, Kikuchi to go first, for sure. A lot of hype behind Japanese pitcher. That's a, So that's a good get for your rotation, for sure. Uh, I think um, 
Junis. I don't know how kind of he's projected for this year. So that's we'll see for that. But I know your saving grace has to be uh, getting Carl Edwards Jr. back. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a heartbreaking decision not to keep him, but... I was just lucky. I was sure someone else was gonna would take him just to spite me, but I was lucky to get him back. And I mean, as much as I love him, sort of on a personal level, he is a, a great pitcher. He gets a, a ton of strikeouts, so uh, I'm hoping he can be a good asset for my bullpen once again. So I, I mean, I think for you, like overall, you drafted the best out of all the teams, and I think that's easy to say given the picks that you have. Um, but if I go through your list, like I really, for the first four or five picks, six. I see like no issue with anyone you selected. And I know we talked about it ahead of time and, and I had kind of given an endorsement of, especially the first two picks, the Kikuchi and, and Hosmer picks I thought were perfect for you. Um, getting Wade Davis is a really good get. I, I kind of wonder uh, why someone else didn't draft him if for no other reason than to like flip him into something else. Um, the only questionable pick I think in the entire thing that you could kind of critique would be the Matthew Boyd pick. Um I think maybe if anything, that was a little bit too early on somebody who um, is kind of fringy as like a starting pitcher. Like, given you had so many picks later, I'm not sure he would have gone. Uh, you know, between like round 16 and 17. So that would be like the only critique I have. But otherwise, like A plus. Uh, and that's fair. Uh, I know you have uh, a lot of personal feelings about Matthew Boyd that that might be tied in there a little bit. But uh, honestly, I figured uh, at that point in the draft, uh, I already had five pitchers. He was going to be my sixth, and uh, he felt like a, a decent guy to take a flyer on. So I fully admit there there might have been other options out there, but uh, I felt like he had a, a good ceiling that uh, I wanted to invest in. So uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, but moving on, uh, the second overall pick went to Chris, who used it to take Kenta Maeda uh, and then followed that pick up with uh, Guriel Jr., Dylan Bundy, Aaron Sanchez, Sergio Romo, Ryan Braun, Brad Boxberger, Zach Britton, Tony Watson, Brad Brack, Michael Taylor, Jeff Samarja, Felix Hernandez, Seguan O, uh, Robert Selman, J.P. Crawford, and Josh Harrison. So uh, a bit all over the place there for uh, Chris. How do we feel about what he did? Um, okay, so let's start off with, like, there's good and bad here. And this is just, like, an aside. The one thing that pisses me off is, like, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. couldn't fetch, like, a 24th draft pick before the deadline, but he's, like, <laughs> a second-round pick, and everyone's jumping on the man. Like, I don't get why everyone in this league is, like, we're not going to give picks or anything, but we'll be happy to draft your talent. Anyway, um, Kenta Maeda, to me, is, like, a pretty questionable first pick. And I say that because I think there was much better options on the board that would have a lot more value. Um, like Hosmer was available at this time, like Wade Davis, like guys that you could flip later on if you're Chris, if you're rebuilding, that have higher value. Like if is in the bullpen, then he has like no value. Um, so that's kind of, to me, that's like a high risk move that you just don't have to make in the ninth round. Um, but like on the plus side, I like his Guriel pick. Obviously I like Bundy. Uh, I think Zach Britton in the 16 is a good pick too. But I think just like moves like that, maybe like an Aaron Sanchez pick in the 12th, like you're shooting for upside, but the floor is just like basement level. And I think there's other options that are better. Yeah, certainly it was questionable seeing like you mentioned uh, the available guys that was left. But I, if there was something on the bright side on his drafting, I think his bullpen, he did a really good job finding guys. I think Boxberger has a chance to close for Kansas City. Like you said, Zach Britton and uh, Brad Brock in a new team should be good. So, and even um, Sergio Romo for the Marlins should be solid for him getting the RPS position as well. 
Yeah, I mean, personally, uh, I don't want to tip too much. Chris and I did talk a little bit before the draft, and he was saying he wasn't super happy with any of the the top guys available to him. Uh, So I I can see why he maybe went off the board a little bit because of that. Personally, if I was him, I'm not so big on his early draft, but he got a lot of good value late, actually. Uh, Brad Rock in the 20th, uh, Jeff Samarja 21st, J.P. Crawford in the 24th, like, he, he had a very strong end of the draft. I'm just not sure whether he maybe missed some opportunities earlier on to, to get some more established players. Yeah, even Ryan Braun's a bit questionable as an early pick. That, that's how I would say you could see it too. Like, I mean, I, I like this pick. People will rip me, but I think Felix Hernandez that late is a pretty good pick. And I think the Samarja pick's good too. Um, even Josh Harrison's a good pick, but I just wonder like if he had taken this kind of eye ahead of time, like maybe, I mean, maybe Nick just like convinced him to draft bad players <laughs> in that conversation. Who knows? But I just think the early part is something where he didn't capitalize on the picks. Uh, the, fair enough, but we can move on to the men who uh, had the honor of going third overall. Lucky number three uh, was Ian, the newly renamed Stadelmont Stars, uh, which I think is just a fabulous team name. Absolutely love that. Uh, he went third overall, uh, and he decided to take Yuli Gurriel uh, from the Astros, and then followed that up with Gio Gonzalez, Adam Odovino, Chad Green, Joris Familia, Mike Leake, Derek Holland, Brandon Woodruff, uh, Steve Sizik, uh, Jock Peterson, uh, Robbie Erlin, Jordan Lyles, Hector Santiago, Robinson Torinos, Ryan Zimmerman, and finally Kevin Pilar. Uh, any thoughts on our man Ian? Yeah, well, Ian Ian's obviously you know still gearing for the future, but in terms of the draft, he did he got some solid guys. I think Jock Peterson late was good for him. Guriel as an early pick is really solid. So we'll see how his team will look, especially when those guys be when are uh, are finally called up. Yeah, and I mean, I think Ian's the inverse of Chris in that his early rounds are fantastic, and his late rounds, it's, I mean, it's hard to argue with the picks he's made because they're so late, but they're just meh. Like, Guriel and Gonzalez, I think, are great. Ottavino, I think, is going to be a lot better than people think. We all know Ian loves Chad Green because he had him before. Um, Leek and Holland are, like, some decent upside SPs. The the CSAC, C- I can't even say his name. Uh, pick we liked as well um the one thing i don't love and, and i don't i mean it's hard to bash that late but like why is ryan zimmerman being drafted like at all that was com- completely just to troll mike yeah sure. like that's fine if, if that's what it was ian could like rectify this but if it was a serious pick that's disgraceful uh fair take on that one i will say i disagree with you in part jeremiah i think the geo gonzalez pick was uh, a really bad pick actually Uh, i wonder how much research stats did on that one beforehand because he's obviously unsigned it's pretty clear at this point he's not going to make a team's opening day roster uh like he is a a good player when he's playing but i think right now there are so many question marks the the idea of wasting such a, a high pick on him uh, it really doesn't sit right with me. And like, I've been there before. I've I've drafted free agents thinking, oh, it's, he's going to sign in a couple of days, but uh, somehow it never quite pans out the way you want it. So I, I think there might be a little bit of a reassessment there with Gio Gonzalez. Yeah. And I think that's more of an issue with pitchers specifically because they take longer to get their arm strength and, and get ready for opening day. And I mean, it, it's also super dependent on where he signs, right? Like if he signs with like, I don't know, he probably wouldn't sign with the Rockies, but you know, the Rockies or somebody like that, then that's going to look a lot worse than if he signs with like, I don't know, the angels. So yeah, there's a lot of variance there. What, what exactly is, uh, I don't know. I haven't really been doing my research on this, but what exactly is up with the, 
delays on the free agency this year in the offseason this year so this is like a whole another can of worms about how like teams are getting smarter they're using analytics they're not tr- they're not paying long contracts or players under their 30s like Gio Gonzalez here is in his mid 30s um so teams are kind of reluctant to dole out big bucks and I know Craig Kimbrell for example wants like five or six years and teams are just not willing to do that anymore so there's been like the collusion word thrown around, but then like Manny and Bryce signed massive deals, which everyone thought was impossible um, because the market was so bad. But really it just shows that teams are just getting smarter and not willing to pay for the decline of a player's career. Yeah. So it's uh, another factor that we have to take a look at here. Uh, but I mean, it, it is tough because there is a desire. You want to draft the best players available uh, and you do hope they sign somewhere eventually. I mean, the dollar amount doesn't really matter for our purposes, but uh, it's a real balancing act because you don't want to have a guy just wasting a roster spot until June or July. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like if we look at his other picks, like Leek and Holland, you could argue would just have been a better pick at that stage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on, uh, keeping moving forward here, uh, the fourth man to draft was uh, Tillo. Uh, Tillo was on the clock, and he took Tim Anderson, a uh, shortstop for the White Sox, and then went on to draft Josh Bell, Pedro Strop, Ryan Presley, Joey Wendell, Ryan Brazier, uh, Seth Lugo, Yanni Chirinos, Trevor Cahill, Anibal Sanchez, Williams Estudlio, uh, Cedric Mullins, DJ LeMahieu, and Blaine Hardy. Uh, so a, an interesting draft for Tillo. What do you guys think? How do you rate it? That LeMahieu pick is like the pick of the draft, I think. Anyway, I, I love it. I think the guy's going to get tons of bats all over the diamond, be like one of those super Marwin Gonzalez utility guys, and I think he's going to be great. Um, Tyler, Tim Anderson, I mean, come on, man. Like, this is my shameless plug. Alberto Mondesi <laughs> is available for everyone in this league, and he is better than Tim Anderson. <laughs> Don't don't start that trash, man. Plug. Don't don't start that trash. Um, but as for the other stuff, I mean, I like it. I mean, I remember people in the chat were saying like Joey Wendell was a great pick. I mean, I don't know if I agree so much, but I love like Strope, Presley, Brazier, right? Like they're all going to be set up high leverage guys, maybe even closers. Um, and I love I love the Williams uh, Ostadio pick. I think that's I think that's fantastic. Like the guy is just a beast blob of catcher and like the hilarious thing is like he's gonna play third base and he's also played like center field i think and the dude like look up a video of this guy he's just massive center field how is he yeah how is he gonna, how is he gonna cover what ground is he gonna cover <laughs> he's not gonna cover anything like i think it was a spring training troll but he was actually in center field for a game um and they, i think they listed him at shortstop one day too as a joke so he's just fantastic yeah, I think Tillo made uh, a couple of good picks. I think he was in an interesting spot. I mean, obviously he was one of the big breakout teams last season, uh, had a, a great season, uh, did much better than people were predicting at the start of the year. So from that sense, uh, you'd want to see him keep moving onwards and upwards. I was a little surprised he kept as few guys as he did uh, and didn't try and secure some more talent for his team. Uh, like, I think his draft was fine. It doesn't really stand out to me either way, but uh, I don't think it's quite the draft class he would need to have to get back into being a, a championship contender uh, going into this season. So like you think he's worse than he was last year? Yeah, I think I think that's at least a half step back for him. That's interesting because I think a lot of the guys, especially in my division, are just, I think, getting better. And my team is kind of like, you know, always just kind of in the eighth, seventh seed all the time. And I, I'm fearful that these guys are, you know, 
being uh, smarter, especially with Chow's obviously resurgence possibly this year. So I think Tillo did get better in my opinion, just to defend the Neil brother here. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, there you go. Two sides of the argument. Uh, the fifth man into the fray uh, for this year's draft was Aiden uh, from Skaggs to Gritches, uh, who used his first pick on Wilmore Flores uh, and then continued to mow down Mikhail Franco, Hyunjin Ryu, Nate Jones, Anthony Swarzak, Tucker Barnard, Enrique Hernandez, Greg Holland, Liam Hendricks, Jesse Chavez, Eric Lauer, and Heath Hembry. So uh, an interesting class there from Aiden. Uh, what are your takes on it? It's a lot of question marks for sure. Uh, Enrique Hernandez isn't he like more of a just a bench utility? <laughs> and yeah. I like I like Michael Frankel. Uh, I had him last year, so that's a good pick for him. But it's hard to it's hard to kind of put a yes on a lot of these guys that he took. I don't know how you guys feel. This is like a really underwhelming draft for Aiden. I mean, Wilmer Flores as your 14th round pick is really bad. I, I don't even know if, like, that guy should have been drafted in, like, the 20th round because I just don't think he's that great. Franco, Franco's not bad, and Ryu has upside if he has health. Um, same with, like, Swarzak. Maybe he can get back to form, but, like, Tucker Barnhart in, this, in the 18th, like, Enrique Hernandez, these are really, really, like, long-shot picks to be anything useful. I think for Flores, he was blinded more of like on the projection side. Obviously, new ballpark, new team. Yeah. yeah. Projected 282 average with 20 home runs. So I guess he was looking at that. They're projecting him to have full like playing time, which is like one of the first times he's ever had it. But he's been like a utility bench bat his whole career. So I'm not really sure what the upside is there. And like if you're Aiden, aren't you trying to just get the best name possible to flip? For future assets like Wilmer Flores is not going to net you good assets. Uh, see, I will say Aiden has always been sort of his own man. He believes what he believes, and he believes it uh, wholeheartedly. And I mean, good for him for following his convictions in this draft and and not bending to the conventional wisdom. Uh, and I will say the one area I feel he did very well in is his bullpen. I mean, he got some great pieces. Uh, Nate Jones, Greg Holland. If Greg Holland's good, then that's a huge steal in the 18th. Even Heath Hembry, his last draft pick, is going to be a, a good asset for him coming out of the pen. So I think he does have some potential there. Uh, and uh, if he turns out to be a good year for him, he can build on that. If not, he can flip some assets. So uh, win-win. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. But the uh, next man up uh, is the Bash Brothers, RKR's team. Uh, he started off his draft uh, by taking uh, Domingo Santana from the Mariners and then went Brian Anderson, Trevor May, Jorge Alfaro, Mark Millen. Uh, Melanson, Willie Peralta, Louis Brinson, uh, Franklin Barreto, Drew Pomeranz, Reyes Moranta, Yoshihashi Haranu, and Jorge Solar. So uh, an interesting crop for him. His final pick was only in the 20th round, so he got a, a lot of good good guys early. How do we feel about RKR's many moves? I think uh, the Voodoo might be back for a comeback here. That's, I think he had a really good draft. The... Uh... I know I someone who picked in front of him or behind him for two of these. Like I really wanted Pomerantz and uh, Herano, so I think those are really good picks. I really like the Jorge Soler pick. I think there's upside there if he can stay healthy too. Um, ditto like Willie Peralta and Mark Melanson. Like that could be two closers, right? Yeah, and Trevor May. Too. Um, yeah. yeah, Trevor May. Jorge Alfaro is is a really good young catcher. And then like landing Lewis Brinson and Franklin Barreto, two 
former top 50 prospects who were no longer prospect eligible is a great get. Don't love the Domingo Santana pick. That's like the one thing where I'm kind of like, eh, this is a little iffy. But I don't yeah, like I don't know how you guys feel about that, but to me, Domingo Santana was a bit of a reach. Yeah, I think uh, not to repeat the the same thing we said for Aiden, but Domingo Santana being his first pick, I I don't really see that. I I don't think that was maybe the best move he could have made. But uh, uh, Soler with his last pick, I think, is huge, and it could very much be that Soler becomes his uh, everyday right fielder, and Santana doesn't uh, see much time on on his roster at all. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what if Soler is better than <laughs> better than Domingo Santana? <laughs> I, it would not surprise me, to be honest. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> well, yeah, well, one healthy uh, Soler's. I think Nick's owned him too, so he he can be a good bat. Yeah, I I can vouch. At the start of last season, he was just a, a man on fire. He was great. Yeah. Uh, so the next man uh, into the fray was uh, Jamil. In fact. Uh, so, Jamil, you started out your draft by taking Luke Voigt, the Yankees' first baseman, uh, and followed that up with uh, Kyle Baraclaw, Adam Simber, Yusmario Pettit, Matt Kemp, Starlin Castro, Hector Rondon, Addison Reed, Daniel Palka, Marco Estrada, and Pat Neshek. Uh, do you have any thoughts you want to share about how you feel you did? Uh, well, I kind of put myself in a position where I didn't. I obviously didn't have great picks. I basically had a 15th, and everything else was in the 21st. So I was basically waiting a while, and you know, having a bunch of picks in one round was, I can't, I can't lie, it was kind of stressful. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a couple of them were for sure somewhat of a panic pick, and I don't know. I, I really like Luke Voigt. I think, uh, I don't think he was a fluke last year. I think obviously, outplaying uh, Greg Bird in spring training. This year is huge for him to get playing time. And after that, a lot of guys, obviously, I took a lot of bullpen because I only kept two. So, yeah, they're pretty obviously questionable bullpen guys like Addison Reed and Rondon, who were used to be good. So I'm just kind of taking a flyers on those guys. So I don't know how you guys feel. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna play the devil's advocate for the Luke Voigt pick because uh, I know the Yankees, like, birds have been doing well in spring training, and I know they're going to play DJ LeMahieu. They've said that at first base. Uh, sometimes so they're really only going to keep one of Voigt and Bird and I know they love Bird um, so Luke Voigt could actually just be like released <laughs> at the end of spring training which makes him a kind of risky pick um, then like I can relate to all the picks in one round because I had like all the 23rd and 24th round picks so it's like you're panic hitting buttons hoping to click on a guy that's good but like I like the Rondon pick so uh, yeah I, I mean not, you've you've talked about the Voight pick, so I'll say you got uh, a couple of guys later on who, I mean, consistency is everything in fantasy baseball, so getting a, a Starling Caster on your team or a Matt Camp, I mean, even if these guys take a, a step back from where they were last season, they've they've got a long track record of being consistent producers, and that's what you need in a, a long season like we have, so uh, I think those were some uh, clutch picks for you. I was definitely surprised Castro I got pretty late. Um, I thought I thought he was decent enough to at least go like in the mid, like you know, eighteen, nineteen. But obviously, filling in for second base ain't bad for me. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I definitely need to work on the pen. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm confident to make another playoff run here. But we'll see. <laughs> Not gonna bet against you. <laughs> yeah, I've learned that much. Uh, next up, 
Uh, we are now into teams that started drafting in the 16th round. So these are teams with 15 keepers. So you can uh, keep that in mind as you're analyzing these guys. Uh, first up, we have Ellie. Uh, I believe that's how you say his name. I've never met the man. Uh, he had the, the second overall pick in the 16th round, which he used on Chris Paddock, and then followed that up with Wellington Castillo, Trevor Rosenthal, Lou Trevino, Hector Neris, Tanner Scott, Ray Black, CJ Crone, Steven Cesar Jr., and Fernando Romero. Uh, so that was his haul. How do we feel about that? Well, uh, as someone who also drafted a prospect first because they didn't click properly, I can understand the Chris Paddock pick. Um, don't know how I feel about taking a catcher in the 17th. Like To me, if you don't have one of the top five catchers in the league, like a, a Real Muto, a Sanchez, a Posey, a, a whoever, don't draft catcher until the end. Like <laughs> It's a wasteland. Don't, don't waste the pick. Um, I like... Uh, I like Rosenthal's bounce back potential and uh, Trevino was a great setup man last year. So I really like those picks. Um, and Steven Sousa Jr. If that late isn't too bad either. Uh, could have some upside 20 homer guy, right? Yeah. I, I have to agree with you on the catcher. I, as a guy who drafted Castillo last year, pretty early as well. He made it, he made me regret that real quick. <laughs> uh, I think he was suspended actually for, for roids or whatever, but, We'll see how that pans out for him. But uh, CJ Crone, I actually like. I don't know why he uh, was actually not even. He signed pretty late, and the Twins got a bargain on Crone, so that should be solid for him. And like you said, Rosenthal and Trevino should be solid. And yeah, it's a new new owner, so let's see how how he does. Uh, yeah, he's a, a new owner, uh, and so I don't want to put him on blast right away, but I don't think this is a, a very good draft at all. I mean, he's got a, a couple of standouts, but overall, this is a, a pretty mad draft class in my mind. And, uh, you know, it's always hard uh, coming into a new league, figuring out the system and and being able to balance everything. But I, I don't think this is uh, an especially talented group of players he has drafted. That said, the one good thing that all the new owners have going for them is they had uh, pretty solid keeper pools and uh, his was no exception. So he does have a, a good base of a team already, but he didn't really add to it in, in that many ways uh, with these draft picks. I don't think. I love, I love Nick. He goes, for, I don't want to blast the guy, but that was an awful draft. <laughs> <laughs> I d- don't have hurt feelings, but you're horrible. <laughs> Probably leave the league. Um. Yeah, without going that far, I mean, I mean, it's a fair thing to say. I don't know how good Tanner Scott and Ray Black are as picks, and I'm sure there's other questionable things that you can you can easily flip any of these picks around and say that they aren't great. So, so next up, uh, it was another new owner, uh, Ben, owner of the recently renamed the Star Boys, uh, and the first Star Boy to be chosen was Jonathan VR, the uh, Orioles second baseman, uh, and then came Danny Duffy, Tyler Flowers, Tanner Roark. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, Jason Kipnis, Sean Armstrong, Wilmer Font, Eloy Jimenez, and David Hernandez. Uh, so how do we feel about Ben's Hall? I mean, it's not bad. Like, it's all right at best. Um, obviously, VR, we'll see. I don't know how you guys feel about him. He was considered, you know, a decent fantasy get a couple years ago. We'll see how that works out in Baltimore. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm out on VR <laughs> as somebody who invested in him the last time he was good, only to watch him just suck. I'm uh, I'm out, but uh, I understand why he made the pick. Um, Danny Duffy, I think that's a good pick. I actually like Danny Duffy a lot. Um, without repeating myself, the Tyler Flowers pick, not great. Not sure why people are so eager to fill the catcher slot. 
Tanner Roark, I mean, he's not impressive, but it's like Nick mentioned earlier, like he's going to be solid. He's going to be a, a 180 inning guy or 200 innings. And you know what you're going to get with him. So I think that's good. The back end of his draft kind of sucks. Um, but Kipnis is good. I like Kipnis at round 21. So Yeah, I thought Ben particularly excelled uh, in terms of starting pitchers. Uh, he had he took three. He got Danny Duffy, Tanner Roark, and, and Jake Odorizzi. Uh, and I think those are, are three great picks right there. Uh, I mean, considering they slot in his, his five, six, seven guys, that gives him uh, just a lot of upside, uh, a lot of different guys to play with. And, you know, if one of these guys breaks out, I, which I don't think is inconceivable, that's a, a really good value for him. Also, out of... The other owners, and I think he has the most, I would say, like the best overall keepers pool as well. Like Story and Yellick and Votto in the heart of your lineup with Donaldson, too, for a bounce back year. That ain't shabby as well. And obviously, Syndergaard, if he stays healthy. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm offended by that by that statement. I think there's teams with much better no, keepers. I'm, I'm talking about out of the new guys, the new I owners. Agree. Not uh, out of the new. Yeah. Uh, okay owners i'm talking about not the whole league <laughs> okay yeah. okay uh well we got to move on uh and talk about perhaps the the most interesting draft of any that happened uh of course it's ash sebastian Ooh. and the money ballers uh with his first pick in the 16th round he took the guy none of us even thought to take mr vladimir guerrero jr how is he available? why would you not take him he's he's amazing Man, a steal of the draft. Uh, followed that up with Ian Desmond, and then another great steal, Victor Robles. Uh, then uh, Ryan Stanek, Justin Wilson, Brett Gardner, Trevor Hildenberger, Kyle Crick, Coda Glover, and Juan Minanya. <laughs> let's try to keep it calm, guys. Let's right. try to keep it together for this one, guys. Let's let's defend him a little bit here, like. I believe he used to own Victor Robles as a prospect, so potentially he forgot he's no longer on his team. Um, I also know that he went skiing and came back with no draft prep. So temper your expectations. But Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't he missed past drafts before too where he, or he was late or whatever and also had to kind of auto-pick? <laughs> You'd be correct. Yeah. So there's a history with Ash on this one. I mean, these <laughs> these picks just aren't great. I mean, there's no really easy like way around this, right? Like, I think you can defend Ian Desmond, but from there on out, like, Ryan Stanek as an SP only is a really <laughs> bad pick. Uh, like, Justin Wilson, okay. Brett Gardner, I, like, if you want a fourth outfielder, I guess that's good. Like, I, yeah, like, I don't... Coda Glover, like, might never pitch again. Like, I don't really know. Okay, he might not never pitch again, but, like, he's injured and... I mean, these are just not great picks. I don't know what to say. Uh, I feel like we have to end this off on a high note. So I will say the the one good thing I can say about Ash is uh, he did get Brett Gardner. Uh, I'm a longtime <laughs> Brett Gardner fan, as you know. Uh, he's probably going to battle for the Yankees as much as we'd like to, to laugh. And if nothing else, he can trade him to me at some point. So there you go. That's good value for a pick. What, what Nick left out was you can trade him for a, 24, a 24th round pick. <laughs> Your words, not mine, but... Yes. Okay, moving right along. Uh, next up, we have Garth M. Uh, like I said in sort of my, my pre-draft piece, Garth M is very interesting because of his 
reluctance to trade that makes the draft that much more important as a source of player acquisition for him. Uh, and how did Garth M do? Well, he started off by drafting Ryan Yarborough uh, and then Caleb Smith, Tyler White, Joachim Soria, Dan Winkler, Cody Dickerson, Cole Calhoun, Chaz Roe, Jared Hughes, and Michael Feliz. So uh, a couple of interesting ones in there. How do we feel his draft went? Well, uh, let's start off with the fact that he has dropped Cole Calhoun. So that one could come off the board as, as a pick that's worthwhile. Um, I don't get like what his deal is with Miami Marlins pitchers. I don't know if he like has a stake in ownership or what, but like he kept Trevor Richards and that was head scratching. And then he drafts Caleb Smith in the 17th round. Like, I, I guess, like, I guess you, there's upside there, like last year at the beginning of the year, but like, I don't understand the pick. Um, I like Corey Dickerson to end it on a positive note. I think Corey Dickerson's a good bat. You know what you're getting. And I think he's going to be good. So that's good value. Yeah. That's I, I was trying to look at Corey Dickerson as well. Like I mentioned, there was a couple of panic picks. I think I was looking at him, him, him or Matt Kemp. So that's, that's solid for, for him. But uh, like you said, like those Marlins uh, pitchers are head scratchers for sure. Yeah. I mean, the good news is Garth M uh, has historically at least shown an ability to add quality players during the season. Uh, he's going to need to sort of build up his, his bullpen a little bit because I don't think this is it, Chief. Uh, Corey Dickerson, great pick, though. I'll, I'll agree on that one. Uh, but, I mean, Jeremiah, I think we can say this as as two of his division mates. Like, I frankly, at this point, have a hard time not seeing him finish last in our division this year. Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, I was I was writing a piece on like the offseason and stuff, and I was thinking to myself, like, how do I envision this this division going? And I remember looking at it and being like, this might be the best division in the league in terms of like overall talent distribution. Now that you've drafted really well, like we spoke before, so like Garth M is possibly last and i think that would shock a lot of people like i know cam is super high on his team thinks he's great everyone's like this is a trendy pick to make the playoffs i don't think so not with these picks uh well time alone will tell on that front uh moving on we have next up uh our good friend jeffrey lim uh hello darkness my old friend entering uh, another season of darkness uh and uh he drafts jay bruce uh for the Mariners, and then follows that up with Mike Zanino, Blake Parker, Joe Kelly, Ryan Tapera, Will Harris, Adam Frazier, Cam Bedrosian, Evan Longoria, and Adam Jones. Uh, what are our thoughts on our friend Lim? I mean, it feels like the same old story for every season for Lim. Uh, Adam Jones as a last pick ain't bad. But, uh, you know, mediocre at best. Like, Jay Bruce, like at this stage of his career as your first pick, like I'm pretty sure you could have got something better. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not gonna bash him because I know Lim's care level is not high, but I know his compete level and desire to do better is. Um, like I think, okay, so here's the thing with his picks: like Joe Kelly is good, uh, Blake Parker could be a closer, Mike Zanino is a bit head scratching because he's a catcher, Jay Bruce could be good. He was good like two years ago, could be good, but like these are not the kind of picks you draft as a rebuilding team to flip. Like if you're preying on Jay Bruce in the 16th to become something good, you've screwed up your draft. You want to draft yeah. either young players, like like Franklin Barreto was available in this round, Lewis Brinson, like guys like that who went much later would be much better on his team because they could grow into something to be core pieces, or you just drop them. Or you draft like Nick 
took Wade Davis in the third round. Like that's a pick you can take. He's gonna he's a guaranteed closer, top fifteen ish closer. He's gonna fetch a haul at the deadline, no matter what, in picks and prospects. Well, that's what's even more confusing because as we see, he's already flipped some relievers. So Wade Davis would have been perfect. Yeah, like he knows to do this. So like draft Wade Davis in the sixteenth if you're that concerned about it. Like I I don't know. Not Wade Davis per se, but someone like Wade Davis, like Carl Edwards Jr. I don't know. Like, it's just, to me, these aren't picks that you're going to be able to flip later on for anything. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head, Jeremiah. Lim's team is one without much traction, and uh, I don't know what this draft does for him to help his franchise move forward, but uh, it still seems like he has a a long road back to fantasy relevancy. It hurts. It hurts. Uh, so next up, we have the last of our new owners, uh, Luke Hamill, who is drafting on behalf of Team Neverbunt. Uh, and with his first pick, he picked Michael Givens uh, from the Orioles uh, and then followed that up with Fran Mil Reyes, Franchi Cordero, Pedro Baez, Brendan Crawford, Sam Dyson, Adam Conley, Justice Sheffield, Amir Garrett, and Mike Montgomery. Uh, any thoughts for our new friend, Luke? I mean, it's solid. Givens as his first pick is could he could have got somebody else probably. Um, Crawford, surprisingly, he got a, at a good round I think. Um, but yeah, uh, out of the new owners, like I said, the previous owner, like we said, I think his team is more kind of set to kind of roll. We'll we'll see. I don't know how you guys feel. So I'm going to disagree. I think Michael Givens is a great pick. Um, I think he's going to close for Baltimore. And this is the kind of pick that I would say to Lim, like, why didn't you make this pick? Because if he closes, you can flip him. And if he's any decent with his high K rate, you can flip him. Um, for Emil Reyes, same deal. Like, a lot of people are picking him to be a breakout candidate player. So, like, why not pick him up? He's young-ish. He hits for power. See what you got. Um, don't understand the Franchi Cordero pick so much. Not not really sure about that one. Um but otherwise, it's okay. Like, it's given his position, I think it's not bad. Yeah, Franchi Cordero, obviously a, a bit of a reach there, but uh, I was pretty impressed with his draft on the whole, uh, especially with the, the relievers he got. Uh, I mean, that's always tough uh, in this league, especially, but he got some good talent Pedro Baez, uh, Sam Dyson, Amir Garrett, especially. That was a, a great pick late. So uh, I, I think Luke did very well for himself on this one, and uh, I, I think he's got a, a good team now moving forward. Yeah, like like we're not assigning grades, right? But if we were, this would be like a B plus. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, though I mean, uh, we can mention now. Like it's it's hard not to make illegal picks in this league. So I have a little bit of sympathy for the the new owners running into that issue. They get a pass, but Ash somehow though I don't know. It's... <laughs> yeah, Ash maybe should know better by this point. Uh. Next up, we have Chow, Jeffrey Chow, uh, in the drafting wheelhouse. He takes Brandon Morrow uh, from the Cubs with his 16th rounder uh, and then follows up with uh, Jake Feria, Manuel Margot, Austin Barnes, Stephen Brault, Louis Sisa, Tommy Hunter, Jonathan Holder, and Tyler Thornburg. Uh, thoughts on our friend Chow? D plus. This is a D plus for me. I mean, <laughs> Brandon Morrow was flipped, was flipped for like nothing, so... So that was great. Uh, Jake Faria has been assigned to AAA. So there's that. Um, Margot's not bad, like, but he's also probably like a fourth outfielder at this point. Uh, Austin Barnes, I know Nick had him, but again, like, I just don't... Like, I mean, in the 21st, it's fine, I guess. 
Um, I like uh, Sessa as an RPSP pick. But otherwise, I don't know. It's just underwhelming. Yeah, that's a perfect word for it. I think I, we kind of all expected a little bit better from Chalice, obviously from like a two-time champion, veteran of this league. He for sure could have gotten better names than what he's gotten here. And and this might not be like the point, but like I also think he could have positioned himself a lot better by just not keeping certain players, like Michael Pineda, for example. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what angle Chow is running this season, if he's running an angle, what what his deal is. Maybe that'll become clear in, in turn, but uh, for now, I, I agree with you. This is not the best draft class yeah. of them all. I'm looking at his team, and he has Brad Ziegler, but didn't he retire? He might have retired. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's another question mark there. Uh, okay, so uh, with that said, I think we are now on to Ryan Neeson, uh, better call Paul as he is presently known, uh, who started off his draft with Taylor Rogers from the Twins, uh, then followed that up with Keone Kila, Jace Fry, Diego Castillo, Craig Stanton, Chris Davinsky, Richard Rodriguez, Jan Gomes, Harrison Batter, and Isaiah Kinnear-Falefa. Uh, so uh, a bunch of different names there. What do you guys think about Ryan's draft? Uh, yeah, I mean, like we, we're just going to go to repeat of the catchers thing. Like Jan Gomes, I think he's going to start, but he's never been – We'll see how he does for on the new environment with Washington. But uh, I I like the couple of relievers he's got. I think Jace Fry, I had him last year. He should be solid for the White Sox. Kella and Rogers are really – Kella is obviously known for some saves before, but Rogers should be primed to close as well to battle for that Twins uh, closer spot. And Davinsky, we know, is high-K guy, so – yeah, I mean, I like the I like the bullpen upside. I mean, I like Fry too. I, I was really hoping he'd come to me, but he didn't. Um, Kella's probably going to set up. I don't think he's going to unseat Vasquez, but you never know. Um, Rogers, I mean, Trevor May right now is the lead, but again, you never know. So I think there's a lot of upside in his arms. Like I think you're looking at a lot of setup guys who could at some point close. So there's a lot of potential there, and it's I mean it's hard to argue with like Jan Gomes in the in the 18th only because like it was a third last pick right so since all his picks were high he was he was gonna have to take a catcher at some point um not sure why he took two other than i think uh the other guy had like second base and third base eligibility too so maybe that's it yeah uh so i i will say let's talk a little bit about strategy and execution because ryan had a a bunch of top picks he he traded well during last season so i mean that's great uh he went seven straight relievers uh, to start off his draft uh, which I think for him, frankly, is a, a fantastic strategy. But I'm not sure with that said that he got the best seven relievers he could have. I mean, he got some good ones in there, but uh, I think there are a couple of guys who are, are maybe a bit more question marks or weren't necessarily the most talented guys available when they were taken. So from that point of view, I think there is maybe some room for improvement in Ryan's draft overall, but uh, I think he feels happy about it, and it, his team obviously is in a, a position to compete this season again. And uh, he's he hasn't hurt that with this draft. Is there like someone in particular, or guys in particular, where you're like these are question marks that you don't like? I mean, I, there's not really one that that stands out as an awful pick. It's just a bunch of meh picks, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, but with Ryan spoken for, I believe. This now takes us all the way to Jeremiah. Uh, oh you were the next one up, uh, and you used uh, your first pick on Ty Buttery, and then 
uh, followed that up with Austin Gombert, Clay Buckles, Jake McGee, Hector Velasquez, Justin Miller, Justin Anderson, Hunter Wood, Adam Warren, and Billy Hamilton uh, with your last pick. Uh, how do you think you did? Do you think you uh, got a good haul? Uh, the Butchery picker. It's like I was <laughs> I was like looking at uh, relievers, right? And Butchery and this other guy, the second guy, I think it was like Rondon or somebody was right there. And uh, I wasn't paying attention. I turned back to my computer and I just clicked and Butchery it was. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard having so many late picks. Like I had every 24th pick ever. So <laughs> I was just like scrambling for players. So I don't love how the 24th went. Um, and I don't love the fact that like ESPN makes you draft a guy just because like I had center fielders, but they were put primarily at other positions. So it made me draft one, um, which kind of sucked, but I mean, overall it's like a math draft and kind of reflects the picks I had. Uh, that's interesting to, to hear you with a, a lot of humility, I guess. Uh, I thought you would, uh, be a, a bit prouder. Like, I, I think you definitely got some good talent in there. Uh, Adam Warren, for instance, uh, I thought was great li- late. Uh, overall, you you know, considering what rounds you were drafting in, I think you got the best talent available. And it's it's tough when you don't have as many early picks as other teams. But uh, I would say you made the best of a bad situation. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it must have been tough, obviously, waiting forever for, every, for everybody. And you kind of have to kind of, you know, take it the leftovers, but I think he did pretty solid. Even Velasquez, I, I believe was your last pick. That was good. Um, and like Nick put out Adam Warren in San Diego should be solid, but obviously the question in everyone's head was the butt tree thing. I was waiting for, I was waiting for a better excuse to be honest, but <laughs> no, 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 no good excuse. But uh, I mean, if there's one pick that I really liked actually that, that we haven't talked about, I really liked the clay buckles pick. I just think that like I think there's upside for him, and I think like if he can stay healthy, like that's that's a great uh, a great play. But he's also most likely to be flipped too to a contending team that might yeah help you out there later down the road. Yeah, yeah. that's the hope. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, okay, moving on, we've got uh, a couple more teams to talk about, all of whom drafted very late. Uh, I think we actually might have gone out of order here. Uh, Garth Newton did have a seventeenth uh, that I. I missed but uh garth newton uh, a measure of force uh he had uh mike fires uh and then Gatel Marte, uh denilson lamette max freed chance cisco matt shoemaker justin boer avisil garcia jorge lopez and juan nicasio uh so uh i think it's a solid draft for him what are your guys takes sorry um yeah i mean i like mike fires like i i think in oakland he's a good he's much better than he would be anywhere else like I think that's a good pick. Uh, Cattell Marte, man, come on. Alberto Montesi right there. Like, let's go. But overall, overall, not bad. Um, I like I like Max Freed a lot. I think that's a good pick. But he could also be in the minors, so it's really, like, high variance. Um, Matt Shoemaker is, like, a Clay Buckholz light pick where you're hoping, like, maybe this guy will be flipped somewhere else. Um, but I think he went, like, overall in, like, a safe way. Like, I don't think – and this could be because he had a whole bullpen already – he really picks some guys that are safe, but their their ceiling is not super high. Yeah, like him and obviously Cam has has a hole in the whole bullpen market here, so he obviously focused on some other areas. Like you said, Marte, eh, like maybe he probably could have got somebody else. Justin Bohr on a new new uh, new team should be interesting, and Garcia, who I love owning in the past, might be questionable just because he's looking like a fourth outfielder for Tampa Bay. So lucky, like you said, he went on the safer side 
drafting this year. Yeah, and I mean, just to to reemphasize something you said, I I think Matt Shoemaker is actually a, a really good pick, especially considering he got taken in the twenty first. I mean, he's definitely going to get opportunities in Toronto, that's for sure. Uh, he he will have a, a chance, and he's a guy who's been very successful before. So uh, I think it's similar to the Clay Buckles pick. Uh, this is someone who could end up being a, a solid mid tier starter, uh, and that would go a, a long way for Garthen. But I believe that takes us to our next team, which I believe to be uh, Mr. Flexfox, owner of the renamed Congo Community College Program, uh, CCCP. Very nicely done, Flex. Uh, And he started off in the 21st round by taking Scott Oberg from the Rockies and then followed that up with Dansby Swanson, Hansel Robles, John Berbea, uh, Matt Festa, Ryan Buchter, Jimmy Sheffrey, Tim Maeza, J.P. Wendelkin, and Andrew Kneezer. So those are uh, definitely some draft picks. Uh, does anyone have strong feelings about any of those guys? I mean, I feel like like Jer- like in Jeremiah's spot, like uh, Adam had to wait a while, right? So these are guys that I haven't even heard of. Like I don't know who Wendelkin and like a bunch of these other guys. But I mean, he's already on a on a good team. Swanson, I guess, is solid as a bench bat. Every, everybody else is obviously, you know, this is what you'll get pretty much late in the rounds. Like, okay, so people forget, like, Swanson was a first overall pick. So that's kind of interesting that we, as a league, don't like him enough to draft him before the 23rd round. Um, but it's hard to bash Flex, like we're all saying, given his picks were garbage. And someone who's been in this spot, like, it's tough. Um, I like John Brebia. Like, I think... He could be really solid if he actually stays on the Cardinals roster. Um, Jimmy Sherfoot. I can't even say the guy's name. Jimmy Sherfy. I don't know. Yeah, like Ash had him last year. He's like a, a prospect for the Diamondbacks who people were really high on as like one of those closers early in his career kind of guy. So we'll see. Um, so a little context. Like I think Andrew uh, Kisner is just like a guy who Adam can put in the catcher slot, but he's never actually going to play. So I think this is like a manipulation technique because he's not actually a starting catcher. And if he is, he's going to be a backup in, in St. Louis. So I think Adam's kind of method here is that he won't lose points as often. If the guy just sits there, it's like having a neutral guy in your slot who barely plays, but to be explained at a later date, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear more about that strategy from Flex. Uh, I, I think that's a curious decision, but oh well. Uh, yeah, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think Flex cares about half these guys himself. Uh, I, this <laughs> this, this is not. not something that is really Flex's passion, this draft. Uh, I will say uh, <laughs> Ryan Buchter is the, the only guy I'm intimately familiar with and uh he's great so i I think that's a good pick for him otherwise a whole bunch of question marks as far as i'm concerned yeah you can tell you dinner wasn't really much thought into this one based on whoever has snapchat you can tell he's too busy showing off the san diego weather to us than caring for the job yeah i don't have snapchat so i don't have to be saddened by those like warm photos (laughs) Uh, so we have now our penultimate owner, uh, almost at the end, uh, starting off drafting uh, way back in the 22nd round. We have Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati. Uh, Kaminsky uh, started off his championship defense by drafting Caleb Ferguson from the Dodgers. Uh, 
followed that up with Tony Singrani, Jose Castillo, Oliver Perez, Trey Wingentner, Tyler Olson, Ryan O'Hearn, Anthony Descalfini, uh, Brandon Belt, and Josh Tomlin. So uh, some names you might be a little more familiar with in that one. Uh, are there any sleepers we think that Kaminsky got too late? Well, Belt for sure. Very late. Like, like you know, he's a high K guy, but, you know, not that bad for your second last pick, I think. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Ferguson is a guy who was a, a good prospect, too, for the Dodgers who pitched in long relief, so he could have some upside. Um, Trey Winter uh, is actually, like, a really high K guy for the Padres that a lot of people don't know about, um, but he's also super wild, so <laughs> who actually knows what's going to happen with him? But people think that, like, if the Padres deal Kirby Yates at any point, that he would be the closer. So that's kind of interesting, and... I mean, he hasn't been good in two years, but Anthony Descalafani is someone who could be good if he was healthy and can show his old form. So there is a bit of upside in this, and I it's hard to, again, bash him with the late picks, but those are three guys that could pay dividends for him. Well, and going back to the first pick he made, Caleb Ferguson, I think that's a, a very smart pick by Kaminsky. He's going to be the, the Dodgers' long reliever and spot starter this season, and as we learned from last year, that uh, carries a ton of value. Uh, in this league especially. So I think if he can uh, find uh, a guy in the 22nd round who's going to eat up a lot of innings uh, and bring in a lot of points for him, that's a a really smart pick on his part. Uh, But finally, we've made it to the the end of the recap with uh, the team that started off in the 24th round and then just owned the 25th. That, of course, is the Squirtle Squad. The uh, unholy team-up of Cam and Jathish, uh, who started off with their lone 24th pick, drafting Frankie Montas, and then followed that up in the 25th with Brad Keller, Scott Kingry, Teoscar Hernandez, Wade Miley, Ryan Barucki, Ramil Tapea, Daniel Vogelback, Eric Thames, and Jameer Candelario. Uh, do we have uh, strong thoughts on this motley crew of late-round draft picks? Can we get, like, theme music for the squirts? Like... Like like a Super Soaker theme song or something like I I don't know that would be really cool every time we talk about them if we had a theme song for them to introduce them since yeah because they're like two people they have a cute team name I don't know it'd be fun but um anyway to their draft picks I actually like their draft picks a lot like I think like go down the list like Frankie Montas could be could be a good like fourth fifth starter Brad Keller was really good last year although I don't know how sustainable that is. Former prospect Scott Kingery, uh, Ryan Barucki in the 25th. That kind of surprised me that he was still there. So I think that's a, a, a really high upside pick. And I know that you guys will resonate with our boy Eric Thames. Hopefully uh, he can Japanese bash his way back into relevance. Um, and Jamer Candelario, again, like another, these are all like really high prospects who have kind of fallen on some hard times, but the ceiling is there. Like, absolutely. Well, I'm just looking at his roster now. I don't think. I don't see Eric Thames anymore, so that's that's that. But uh, he's also have uh, he's empty holes at center field, right field, and utility. So obviously, with knowing the rules, he's gonna have to at some point fill that in, right? Did he drop uh, Tapia? Then I guess I don't see him. Yeah, I, I don't guess. See him anymore. Okay, I guess he, yeah. I guess he dropped him. All right, I take all this awesome cr- potential back then. Scott Kingery, that's a good pick. <laughs> I mean. 
I think this is really just a reflection of the the situation that Cam and Jatish put themselves in. Uh, they loaded up on relievers. I know they're actively flipping relievers now, trying to find deals. So uh, I think most of the guys they drafted here were, were placeholders or potential guys who could be add-ons and trades. Uh, I don't know how many of them will actually make it all the way to opening day in two weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think mostly this is just a, a function over form draft for uh, the guys who are the Squirtle squad. Yeah, probably by opening day, he's probably going to have a bunch of different new guys. No one can. Who, who's the lead squirter on that team? Lead squirter. <laughs> like, who's Captain Squirt out of the Yeah, two? well, I've been, I've been talking to Cam, and uh, a lot of the times he would bring up the line of, yeah, I have to... I have to bring it up to bring it up with uh, Jatish first. So, my personal belief is he has like a Jatish puppet, and he like talks it over with him, like ventriloquism. You know, like yeah, he talks to it like, well, what do you think about this offer? Here <laughs> I like it. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a weird dynamic, but if it works for them. Future sitcom ideas aside, uh, I th- I think that it'll be interesting to see how this grand experiment plays out if the, the Squirtle squad ends up near the, the bottom of the league or, or fights their way all the way to the mid-tier or even top. But uh, yeah, time alone will tell. They won't. Yeah, they, they won't. There Not you go. this year. There you have it. So, save yourself the trouble of watching. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, our first podcast episode of the season done. Uh, it was great doing this draft review with you guys. Uh, Jamil, uh, Jeremiah, thank you for listening to me mispronounce uh, 300 names in a row. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun. Oh, right, I can't blame you. Yep. Uh, I can't wait for the prospect draft. Meeting a lot of these guys for the first time. So uh, excited to uh, watch their careers unfold. But uh, yeah, as always, great analysis. It's been fun chatting with you guys. Uh, and Uh, As we say at the end of all these podcasts, good night and good fantasy.